That's right, they're playing video games for money. And I'm definitely not gonna let uh, Mass Effect in my house. The level of violence on video games. It might be hazardous to physical and mental health. Pokemon world is a world of the demonic. Then there's the argument that video games can be art. They're a world phenomenon. Welcome back to Hit Point Pals, where we nerd out about video games, the culture of play, Born again Christian Will Suit is here with me. I I, lo I love uh, I, I love the Lord. Great, Rob Rebecca <laughs> Markley is back here with us once again. Hello, hello. And my name is Travis Lean. Sometimes I forget to say that. I am not a born again Christian on this day. But he doesn't forget to praise the Lord. That's why I respect you, Travis. Because well, you, you, you know me. Okay. I'm, I'm all. I love prayer every day. We've been dealing with this thing. We'll just <laughs> when Will showed up, he was just in this bit about being a born again. It Christian. is not. Well, it why. might be a bit, but it's not. All right. It, this <laughs> I is, asked him why, but he said is, he just picked it randomly. This is full so. sin uh, sincerity. It may to be a bit. I love that. But it, it's. Just, I couldn't get anywhere with it, so I'm just gonna let it go. What have we all been up to this week? I know Will and I spent the other night doing something very entertaining. And what was that? We found this, um, we found something called the PlayStation Awards. Uh, someone on Twitter was like, the PlayStation Awards are live. And I told Will and we went to the live stream and we started watching it. I didn't know what the PlayStation Awards were. We slowly learned what the PlayStation Awards were. The chat didn't learn what the PlayStation Awards were. <laughs> Nobody understood what was going on. Uh -huh. Everyone was expecting new game announcements and a PlayStation 5 reveal. Everyone in the chat was very angsty and like twitchy. <laughs> Everyone was like, come on, show the stuff, show the stuff. Um, There was a pre-show. Okay, hang on. I've missed an important detail. The whole show was in Japanese. Oh. Uh, there was a pre-show where a woman was standing in like the foyer or something of the PlayStation Awards and she had this like folding table with a bunch of PlayStation consoles and from what we could gather she was talking about she was just like reminiscing over the consoles while two of those big like mascots sort of danced behind her mm -hmm. um we were talking about how the there's like a very different culture in Japan around mascots than there is in the United States where uh in in Japan mas these mascots they I brought up the the Japanese name for them but I, I I'm going to butcher it but uh it's the the yudukera and they are uh, they're kind of revered and there's a taboo about talking uh, about like uh talking about how there's people in the mascots so oh. they don't and they just kind of treat them as these real things and they serve all these different purposes uh like there was this one named Nyango Star who's like a heavy metal drummer and he was sort of the mascot of this farming community and he went really viral on the internet a couple of years ago and they were trying to capitalize on his fame to kind of revitalize the the city's declining farming economy mm -hmm. um so uh, these uh these were were there was like a big monkey and there was like a big banana and they just kind of danced in the background of the shot while this woman talked about her playstation stuff it was very funny and there was a i, I don't want to be mean but there was a translator who was not good uh she was having a really hard time keeping up because we were on the english version of the stream uh it, it was she she just she couldn't keep up and she, sometimes she didn't understand what people were saying and so we only got fragments of English. It seems why we kind of had to work to figure out what was going on this it, it whole show. It seemed like the translators like I don't know they were hired because they could translate but they weren't given like topic to uh, topics to like read up on before translating. So they're just getting like thrown all these weird terms and they're just trying to translate them at the speed of light and it was just it got worse as the show went on yeah they're oh, having to no. say like old video game names and names of things that they clearly weren't familiar with like the these japanese to english translators were clearly not familiar with video games at all yeah oh, like no. if there's a video game that had a japanese name maybe people in the in like the west might know it as like the japanese name but you're mm -hmm. a translator and you're supposed to translate <laughs> everything from japanese into english so they'd get like maybe a game name and then they'd have to come up with a translation for something that has never been translated before yeah. oh my gosh like, they uh -oh. also just seemed kind of out of it because there was a very funny moment at the beginning of when the awards started where um a man who do you know do you remember who that guy was was he like uh, some sort of the president of PlayStation is this president of PlayStation? I think yeah. so. Yeah, 
he he gave a speech to the audience in Japanese, and at the end of the speech, he in English he said, "Thank you for listening to my first Japanese speech." And then in the venue, an English to Japanese translator said what he just said in Japanese, and then on the broadcast. The Japanese to English translator translated what the English to Japanese translator said in the venue. So she just, it was just, it just went back and forth like telephone. It was very funny. That sort of is like, I remember this was a, a meme a while ago, but it was taking various like English to a language and back and forth and like Google, oh, translate, Google translate yeah. until it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's funny. Um, was that what happened at all or um no it was just like it was just this one moment where it was like is are, are, is the translator even paying any attention to this <laughs> to this show is she just like kind of kind of zoned out and just she hears japanese and so she will do her best to translate it i guess but anyway what we gathered was all the people in the chat uh like we didn't know what this was really so we came in very open-minded but the people in the chat seemed to think this was like a sort of like what you'd expect from uh from an english uh broadcast of like the game awards or something or like a nintendo conference or something something where they they give out awards and they do like new trailer debuts and stuff like that from the moment this broadcast started though and they had a quick shot of the audience which was very tiny i started to realize that's not what this was and they started doing awards and it was very clear this was some sort of internal like corporate thing it was completely corporate it was it was all about giving people awards based on like like giving publishers and developers awards based on how many units of of playstation stuff they they sold huh. it, it wasn't awards about like artistic merit or anything it seemed like we were it seemed like we had tuned into some sort of like company thing that we weren't really supposed to be seeing where like the production value wasn't great the graphics were like there was like one uh graphic like animated graphic that they had (laughs) for each category that was just recycled and went on a bit too long it was just like watching an awkward company presentation where people got their awards and they smiled and stuff with a little bit higher production value i guess but this is clearly was not what a lot of people thought it was going to be and so throughout the stream people in the chat were just like come on this is boring come on show us the new games show us the new games and stuff and of course the ceremony like it it, it went it lasted like an hour and a half maybe two hours and there there was nothing at all like that and so at the end of the stream people were oh what a waste of time ah this stream sucked oh they should fire they should fire the president of of playstation this this was a terrible view i've been gaming since 1984 and i've never seen such trash (laughs) oh my gosh like zero to 90 like absolutely Absolutely. Wow. It was very, it was very funny and very odd and just reminded me like how idiotic the entire internet is. Like we just kind of tuned into this weird thing in the corner of the internet. We didn't know what it was. And I guess because a bunch of people saw the word PlayStation, they showed up for this stream and set their own expectations and then (laughs) were disappointed, disappointed with themselves. (laughs) I can't believe something that wasn't supposed to happen. Didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, the house band was very cool. I yeah. liked the house. There was like there was a woman on keys. There was it was a three piece. Uh, there was like drums, bass, and and piano, and they played this little very fast music sting in between each award, and they had like different cameras on the instruments. <laughs> it was it was very neat. Any other highlights from the PlayStation Awards that you remember? What was your favorite award that people got? Um, I think my favorite was the Platinum Award, because usually for the awards, they would do like, here's the award for selling this many games. And then they'd have five people, come, five representatives come out at once and they'd all get the award right there at the same time. Uh, they did a Platinum Award, which was sales over one million, I believe. Mm-hmm. And for this, they did each representative would go up one by one. And each time a new one would be announced, they would do the same reused graphic for each individual. <laughs> so I had to see a graphic that had been reused many times get reused many more times for the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Oh, um, uh, the award show. It's like you can tell it's a corporate event because it's just, it's like the bare bones. But like, all right, hooray, hooray for my fellow company people. But um, yeah, it's like a company event, but it's like a very wealthy company. So they yeah. have money to spend on their 
like venue so and it's like and band and people stuff. are on stage and they get like a trophy for hey haha hello fellow wealthy executive here's a trophy <laughs> and then they would look at the audience and smile they're really? right at the edge of the stage and there's nowhere to go so everybody awkwardly shuffles around to try and get out of the way <laughs> and it happened for every person and oh it was my just gosh. like hey, you guys pushed yourselves back like four feet you could have a little more room w- were they given like actual trophies Yes. And you could tell it was you could tell it was a very Japanese presentation, too, because they had these like two like traditionally pretty female sort of assistants who were there to just be Be on stage and shuffle people around (laughs) and stuff like that. And they were wearing these weird outfits that looked like they came out of the Mass Effect games. It was strange. I want to see what those outfits look like. It's kind of uh, like if you Google? fell asleep at the dentist's and woke up a thousand years in the future, but you're still at the dentist's. Ah, uh, what can you hear? Uh, let's see. You could, if you just look up PlayStation Awards, you, you'll probably be able to find a screen cap for it. It's just kind of like a... I don't know, it's like a <laughs> dentist's smock it's pretty, or something? Yeah, it's pretty much what that person's wearing, just instead of red, blue. Yeah. Oh, weird. And it was just like, okay, so they've gotten some Japanese women on stage whose only job is to just shuffle people around yeah. and hold and a tray of like, awards. It wasn't like a Mass Effect tribute or anything. It just like really reminded me of Mass Effect. It was like someone designed these really odd shirts for people to wear for, for whatever reason. I don't know why. How many people were watching the stream? Uh, In the English broadcast we were in, like 1,400. There was a different English broadcast that had like 5,000 people. And then the yeah. Japanese broadcast had like 6,000. 12,000 very disappointed souls. <laughs> Poor guys. <laughs> Poor souls. Uh, well, you know what? I imagine the, the Japanese broadcast had people who knew what was happening. Yeah, since it's... That's my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, very I think cool. that's a fair assumption to make. Just, like, in video games and in life in general, probably. <laughs> Rebecca, you have written here that you've been playing Stardew Valley and you're finally not bad at fishing. What is this all about? Yes, so um, last week when I was out of town for Thanksgiving, um, I just like played a lot of Stardew Valley because it wasn't a lot to do. And mm. I just decided that I was going to just do fishing until I became not bad at fishing and okay. i i have pretty high like level skills and like farming and foraging and mining and combat and like fishing was still at like level one because i like <laughs> never did anything but i was able to just like spend a couple seasons you know fishing almost every single day and i finally got to level five and i realized when i got to level five that the bar is quite a lot bigger. I have to, like I'm catching fish that are more challenging to catch now. It seems I'm not just getting carp every single time, but um, yeah, I could actually like catch things now. And then now it doesn't seem like such a huge drag. And I was reading about this like online, and I remember when I talked about this last time on the podcast. Travis, you mentioned that it did get easier, and I yeah, like because you gotta you gotta buy a big uh, better fishing pole. Yeah, better fishing pole and definitely helped um but and there's like bait and stuff and there's like little fishing pole attachments i think one of them is a magnet oh interesting have you not gotten there yet Mm-mm, i haven't gotten okay. the magnet i just yeah there's got... like mods for your fishing rod <laughs> that's cool i just had like the crab pots and my I, I regular i've ever used a crab pot yeah I, I... it's been it's been a long time since i've played that game though and i know a big update just came out Maybe they added the crab pots. Oh, yeah, maybe they did add the crab pots. No, no, they didn't because the crab, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the crab pots were always (laughs) a part of the the little community bundles that you had to do. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. But I finally got the bus unlocked, which was really fun. Now I can go to the desert. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Have you gone through the dungeons? I haven't gone through any of those yet. I haven't, like, gotten those quests those are very scary. Yeah, seems once very get, scary. Once you get down for far enough, the desert, uh, what's it called? The desert dungeon, I guess, is also very scary. Oh, in the mines, you mean like those? Yeah, the mines. I guess they're called mines. I don't know why I was um, saying dungeon. I just forgot what a mine was. Yeah, I've, I'm. I'm in like the red. I'm in like a hundred and 
five, yeah. I think, is the farthest I've gotten in the in the mines. Okay. I feel like I, I just it, got. I think it caps at one twenty. One twenty. I think at, at one twenty you get an item that lets you do the desert one. So that's oh, very fun. Okay. I assume I just like would get it unlocked in like a quest or something like that. Like I would find it somewhere, or they someone would come to my door and tell me about it. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> hey, you hear about that mine in the desert? Oh, open your mailbox. Hey, check this shit out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> start a new quest to get some money but i uh i finally got i don't know i expanded my farm a little bit and got some more animals and now i spend so much time like doing the farming stuff mm-hmm. even if i even when i have um like sprinklers and things going so i don't have to water my plants every day but just like milking the cows takes goddamn forever (laughs) and when they're all like outside it's really hard to like hunt down the ducks in the grass and like give them pets and i hate it so much just uh just give them really tiny confined pens that way they'll be unhappy but you'll be able to do your job easily yeah but i want them to be happy so they give me like cool purple star items you know so I, I imagine animals money. need a lot of space in real life, but I don't know if that's a thing in Stardew Valley. I I don't... I should probably just build fences for them, but that seems... Then I'd have to, like, actually put my barns and stuff in ways that make sense. And not just like, oh, here's some space, I'll drop it here. It's been a good time. I had, but It's been a while since I had played Stardew, at least a couple of months, and so I was worried that when I like jump back into my save I'd be like what was I doing and I was confused for a little bit and I couldn't remember like what I was trying to work towards but I figured it out set some new goals got mm. things done got better at fishing do you know what do you know what like year and season you're in I am in ye- the beginning of year three okay so you've been at it for a, for a bit yes I have very cool um I did restart a couple of times um, wow. Before this, I guess this last game that I was playing, because I realized that like, oh, I can do it better if I just start over. Then I don't have to like wait and wait for like spring to come back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's really all I've been playing. Oh, Cam and I did play a little bit of CKT while we were on vacation as well. Oh, um, how was that? Played in co-op. It took forever to figure out how to like get Cam into the game. Oh. Um, we did try like four or five times, but had a lot of fun. Don't remember who I was. Um, I was really overwhelmed because I just bought all of the, the DLC that was on the Humble Bundle. Mm-hmm. And I just had the base game before. And so then I was just like playing with all of the DLC. And I don't even think <laughs> I really figured out how to play the base game. And so I was like, what is all this happening? Like, I don't know who any of these people are. Like, what are these extra years? Like, what are these extra things that I can do? It was very interesting. Like, all the menus looked different. And I was like, what? (laughs) Oh, no, I have a council now. What is this shit? What do you mean I can't? What's a regency? Yep. It was all confusing. Are there no regencies before DLC? Oh, I don't remember. I mean, oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember what, like. But uh, there was like, I, I feel like the intrigue was a little bit different or something like that. Oh, I bet. Um, there was, I don't know. Oh wait, regents. Okay, hold. This is weird because with all the DLC with a regency, it's like, oh, your council. It's up to your council to decide whether or not they'll allow you to go to a war. But before, if you don't have conclave the DLC, you don't have a council. So is that decided by a regent? And then what decides whether or not the regent wants to go to war? I don't know. It's confusing. Mm. That is confusing. And I don't have an answer because I don't think that ever happened to me. When I was playing just the base game without the council. Anything else? Mm -mm. No, no insights. No, nothing. Just just some good some good playtime. Uh, Will and I have a game shout out for for an indie game that we played. It is called Dio. D-Y-O, all caps. Um, We found this because Steam rolled out a a feature called Remote Play, which lets you play uh, local co-op games over the internet together. So it's kind of the same 
I want to say it's kind of the same concept as streaming a game like Google Stadia ish, where you're getting that person's screen sent to you and your inputs are going to them. I know uh, there's one software I want to shout out that we've used in the past called Parsec mm-hmm. that lets you do that. I think that's probably still worth visiting because it's not restricted to Steam. So maybe if there's a DRM free game or something that you want to play uh, split screen over the internet with someone, uh, you could probably use Parsec. But Steam now has this feature called Steam Remote Play baked in where you can boot up a uh, you can boot up a game and basically just play with each other on the internet even if it's a local co-op only game and they had to sort of promote this they had a bunch of they had like a big steam remote play sale and they featured all these games and one of the games we found was a free game called dio um artwork is like very like greek ancient greek painting inspired i think uh in this game you play as these little bulls uh, <laughs> these little minotaur guys and the screen is split vertically. I actually grabbed a, I grabbed a link so that Rebecca could see what it looks like. Where did that link go? I'm just going to paste it right here. So that your screen is split vertically. And so one person is the bull on the left and the other is the bull on the right. And one of the first things you learn is that you can jump on each other. So you, it's a, it's a puzzle platformer. So uh-huh. you're trying to jump on each other to get to these different places. The next mechanic they introduce is you can freeze your camera. So normally the camera would follow you with you locked at the center of your screen. But if both players freeze their camera, the split screen seam goes away and you can go to each other's sides of the screen. Whoa, that's so, so cool. Yeah, you, you kind of have to work together to change the layout of the level so you can each get to your respective door exits. And it leads to all sorts of awkward conundrums. Cause yes. <laughs> like you, you can't, for instance, you cannot unfreeze the camera until you're each on a separate side of the screen. Um, so you kind of have to figure out how to get one person up and then how to get the other person up and then how to safely unfreeze your screens. And you each have to go through one of the doors. Um, there's, there's, they introduce more complexity later. Like there's one stretch of levels where one of the cameras is zoomed out further than the other, which means when you go to each other's sides of the screen, you're different sizes and your areas are different sizes. So you'd have like a big bull and sometimes you can't jump on his head if he got too big. Uh, we had a lot of head scratching during this game. There, there, fun time, there were plenty say. of moments where we would like come to a solution and I still wouldn't get it. I didn't know what we did. Yeah. Oftentimes <laughs> one of us would figure it out and the other was left like, all right, I guess we'll go to the next level. I don't really know what happened, but let's just move <laughs> that's on. That's so, that's, that's like really cool. Um, like the, the cooperative play aspect. Yeah. And like the shared screens. It was, it was, it was very neat. I think it took us a, maybe two or three hours to get through. Yeah, all the levels I I enjoy. I don't. Do you remember any of the other mechanics they introduced? Um, there were, there were the mechanics like blocks that you could walk into to push. Oh yeah, you had to like um, figure out how to get blocks from one yeah, uh, world uh, to the other. Um, and then there was another mechanic where, depending on what side of the screen you are, you're on, certain blocks would be visible only to you, and if you, the other player was too far away, these blocks would disappear this was one that was still kind of like i i understand yeah, it conceptually I but i don't know how to explain it more than halfway through the game was when will had to explain to me that the two sides of the screen are not one in the same world they are like parallel realities uh so sometimes you can see the ghost of the other person in an awkward way where like if they're on your side of the screen maybe they still have a different presence in another area on their side of the screen and it was all very confusing yeah, Whoa. and as the game comes to its end, like there, these mechanics, a lot of them are introduced in their own kind of paths, and then once you learn all of these mechanics, the last part of the game puts them all together, and this had the most moments of just like, I don't know, I don't understand what's happening, like, being able to push a block, I, okay, un- I understand that, of course I know how to push a block, mm-hmm. different perspective, like, um, zoomed in and zoomed out that one was a nightmare and then adding blocks like if you push a block into somebody else's different perspective it gets bigger on your end like tenfold (laughs) and it was just like i don't know my head hurt there were times sometimes you had to push a block to the other person's side to make it bigger and then they had to push it back to make it even bigger yeah it was like a weird swapping sides thing it was just 
It was a, oh, it was there's, fun. There's another mechanic where once you have frozen your screens, you can press a button to swap from left to right. So they would just essentially change uh, sides of the screen. I don't know how else to explain that. Yeah. Like the right side would become the left side and you had to use that sometimes to, to make paths. Which meant That's... that you had to spend a lot of time thinking about how to set things up. Yeah, and that is really cool. And you had to swap sides to solve the puzzle. And it's free and you can just play yeah. it with a friend on, on, like at the same spot. I don't know. I definitely I loved it. wanted it to do cool. this. I feel like it would be really great. Yeah. Good game. Best of all, free. Best Absolutely. of all, free. Um, before we, before we move on to our thoughts and prayers, I want to revisit, uh, Life is Strange 2, because I finished that game yesterday, the uh, second, the, the, the second, the la the second game, but the last episode of that game came out, and I think I've, I've talked about this a bit on the podcast when new episodes have come out throughout the year, um, and, uh, for, for the most part, I felt very lukewarm about this game, um, I thought they were, I thought they were doing some good and and bold things with, um, with like identity politics and stuff and and just just being explicit about politics in America and and um, giving just giving a big middle finger to the keep politics out of our game as crowd. But mm -hmm. aside from that, uh, I I ended up having very very positive feelings about this game when I was done with it, and the main reason why is the ending. So kind of the main problem in all these story all these like choice based narrative games historically has been people tend to feel like their choices don't really matter and that that is usually the case uh the, all these games they they're designed to make to to create the illusion of you're crafting a story when really like development constraints and budget constraints cause them to to basically make you follow a linear path where maybe one or two of your choices give you like some alternate dialogue or something or like in the case of the original life is strange your choices they can change what happens in the story but they don't really amount to anything when mm -hmm. at the end of the game you just have to choose to like save your best and closest friend and maybe lover or this town full of people and it's like that's that is how that game ends and your previous choices don't have any impact on that Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, ha I didn't really have any reason to believe Life is Strange 2 would do anything really dramatic or, or really different, but I was left really taken away by the ending. Um, I, I guess to, I'll rewind back to the first episode of Life is Strange, which introduced, or of Life is Strange 2, which introduces this morality system where after, after the incident, which is where a, a, a a Seattle cop has has shot your dad and your brother your little brother has had like an I don't know like a like a like an X-Men style outburst where he accidentally killed the cop um you guys are on the run and you're trying to survive in the woods of the Pacific Northwest you come across a gas station and you're introduced to this concept of I, I have to figure out how I want to raise my brother. Do I want to teach him to that it's okay to shoplift from the gas station because we need food or do I want to teach him to not do that <laughs> uh, and so this the, these morality choices get like highlighted and this isn't really unique or anything it's just it's it's something that games have done over time i always think back to knights of the old republic where it's like are you going to go down the light side path or the dark side path and it's like it's these such like simple limited choices that really only are going to have an outcome on what cutscene you get at the end of the game and stuff like that um the way that this game plays with its morality system became it became clear to me at the end of this game that it was something really unique where i was faced with kind of the end game decision uh over this time what i had been doing was i was trying to get to the good ending is is what i'll say i guess that was the way i was thinking of it i was trying to teach my brother to be compassionate to not use his force powers to hurt or kill people uh even if like it, t there are points throughout the story where he you can t you can ask him to use his powers to get you out of dangerous or life-threatening situations and i tried to to never do that because i wanted to raise my brother right i guess like i wanted to raise him to be kind and compassionate and not become like a murderer or anything mm -hmm. um there's a scene in this fifth episode uh where he is like he's using the force to pick up a scorpion and play with it and in my dialogue i was like hey don't don't mess with that and he was like oh all right you're right which I imagine if you had raised him the other way, that scene would have played out differently. 
Mm-hmm. At the very end of this episode, um, you are basically detained by ice, I guess, is what I'll say. Uh, as Gross. You're, yeah, the story is you're trying to get to Mexico um, because your your uh, deceased father has like a house down there and possibly family. And that's your that's your grand plan over the course of the story is it's a big old road trip from the Pacific Northwest to Mexico. And you're captured by, you know, those people who like, you know, those people who are like American citizens and they're just xenophobes and they go around in their Jeeps and like patrol the border on their own. Yeah. And like maybe work with the cops like off the grid, sort of. You're 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 captured by those people. And the way you break out of jail is your your brother rescues you. And depending like in my version of the story, he was very uh, careful, like, not to kill any cops as he was getting you out of there. At this point in the story, I, like, they had shown me so many times over and over again that, the like, all of the characters in the story who are racists and bigots and xenophobes, there are, like, they're very irredeemable characters. Uh, I know when Will plays games, he goes through, like, a very pacifistic route, I think. You don't like to kill people, typically. Uh, well, I mean, it depends on the person, but usually yeah. I don't. That's kind of how that's how I was kind of trying to play the game, but the way they were crafting this narrative as it as it kind of barreled towards the end, mm-hmm. my my mind had kind of shifted to like actually, you know what? Like fuck these people, fuck cops, everything. <laughs> like I d- they made it clear that if I surrendered to the cops at the end of this game, I my character was going to go to jail and I didn't feel like that was a fair outcome for him. Fair. Well, then yeah, fair enough. Um so you get this choice where you Uh, In order to get into Mexico, um, you can have your you can ask your brother to do something really destructive and hurt or possibly kill a lot of people or you can surrender to the cops. And at this point, I had decided I wasn't going to surrender to the cops. I said I wanted to kind of Thelma and Louise it. I wanted to take my chances and see if we could get out of here and get into Mexico. And I thought that's what was going to happen. But because of the way that I had raised my brother, he actually ended up disagreeing with me. So, yeah, it was really weird. And it like it was like a big punch in the face to me. I was like, well, huh, I guess like I guess that's one way to make the choices really matter. I I, like I had not seen this coming. Uh, My character. uh, I see. I don't want to. I'm kind of I'm spoiling the ending, but like I think people should play this game, and so I haven't given too many details. But uh, but, like the ending that I got ended up with me and my brother separated, basically. Um, but it it felt like the perfect ending for the choices that I made. When mm-hmm. I went online, I found out there's actually four endings. So there's and and I watched all of them, and I thought that mine was probably. Like, see, the thing is, none of the endings are perfect. They all have good and bad parts. That's there really endings, interesting. There are endings where you're in, you're sent to prison, and I thought those were very. As I watched them through, I thought they were very like heartbreaking to see him get out of jail many years later and like kind of be this broken individual. Um, and I thought there were some other endings where your brother basically becomes like a supervillain in this world, which I also thought was a very compelling ending for this established world of life is strange where in the first series there's a girl who has time travel abilities and now in the second series there's a kid who has like force powers and if you taught him to like fend for himself and kind of disregard life and stuff he kind of becomes this weird supervillain who is shown to be out like robbing banks and stuff wow um, I thought that was also a compelling ending. I, like, I would have been happy if I had gotten that ending too um, but I was just really impressed with, by the way that this game was able to like handle player choices and craft them into what I felt was a really unique ending and like the ending that I deserved is what it felt like I had gotten. Uh, I was also surprised with the way that like this whole time I had kind of I I was seeing it as I was raising my brother to be compassionate about, about people and stuff. I think what I ended up doing really was like teaching him to be to like follow the rules of the system to like oh, not yeah. be a rebel to like not be anti-establishment and stuff and by the end of the game i was like mm, I don't, I don't, maybe i should have told my brother to kill more people these people are fucking <laughs> assholes like i was trying to get the good ending but is it really the good ending it's not it, i don't know it's 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 very gray in a way that i really like um it's definitely i think gonna change the way that i look at choice-based narrative games from now on it set the bar really high for me 
and I'm I like, I'm really excited for their next game, which comes out next summer, which is not don't know too much about it. They showed a little bit of it at the um at the uh at, at the, the Xbox. PlayStation Awards. Not at the PlayStation Awards, at the Xbox Awards. <laughs> No, at the Xbox event, uh, I believe uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of that is, but it's it's about uh, a, br- a brother and sister, and I believe that the uh, the brother is trans, and it has it's some sort of story to do with the death of their mother or something. It's some sort of crime mystery where they have again powers, because I guess that's that's the concept that the studio has been doing uh, a really good job with. Uh, not another Life is Strange game apparently but if there was another life is strange game uh i'd definitely be interested in that which isn't something i would have said earlier like now that i've now that i've seen the way this final episode of life is strange 2 plays out uh i i think it's a great game like it's it's far exceeds the first game in every possible way and i think if you're someone who is looking for an example of how a game can do player choices mattering in a narrative i think this is the best example you will find at this point life is strange too very cool i like, I like games game. that have those kinds of like gray endings mm-hmm. yeah I feel that's that's just better overall i mean I, I i don't like the idea of games where they end with like a oh, oh you got the bad ending but you could have got the good ending yeah and yeah. it's like hey man these are the choices and this is what you get there's it's not good or bad it all depends it's like oh that's that's cool that's good that's good to hear though that they like they've pulled that off that's really cool yeah and like allowing for you know there to be like pros and cons for each outcome you know yeah like you see how as i was just watching a youtube video of all the different endings and in all the different endings you you see how the choices affected you and they see and you see how they affected your brother it's kind of like you you're the you're the determinant of the lives of two separate people and they can go very similar or they can go very different ways but each person is going to be affected very differently and it's a very satisfying narrative i felt like i was watching the season finale of a really good tv drama or something Mm-hmm. It was very satisfying. That uh, is very yeah. cool. Life is Strange 2. How about this? Let's Now that I've talked about Life is Strange 2 for a bit, I've gotten everything off my chest that I think I needed to say. We'll take a break. Cool. And we'll come back and we'll do our thoughts and prayers. We saw that you wrote Call of the Wild Weird CGI Dog, so while you were away, we both watched the trailer for Call of the Wild. What do you, what do you think? It's a weird CGI dog. That's yeah, what he's, I thought. He's way too expressive. It looks goofy. Yeah. Yeah, it's called a, a live action slash animation hybrid. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, I don't understand should why. Should we talk about this? Yeah, it just, I mean, I mean, we're already recording, so. Yeah. Okay. It's just. We're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> and, we're, and we're back. I'll tell you what else is back. The classic novel Call of the Wild. It's getting a movie adaption complete with uh, beautiful, realistic looking scenery, wonderful shots of nature, and the most natural thing of all, an almost humanly expressive animated dog. I don't like this. It's, it's very, so weird. It's weird. It's like they've made him more expressive as if to like give him more character, but I feel it just makes it, he has, he, he just doesn't seem like a dog. Yeah, are, it's like are, the Lion King. It's it's or no, it's like the opposite. I should say of the Lion King. It's like these animals. You gave them, you gave them expressions that are too realistic to animals, and they don't translate. Uh huh. But there have totally been like other movies with dogs in them, like Marley and Me. Is that like a dog? It's like a real dog, isn't it? Yeah, it's a real mm-hmm. dog. Do you think there was a dog on set at all? I'm I mean, sure I they no looked idea. at a dog for reference and went, I've yep, that's, a dog. that's how movie. a dog moves. I don't understand. Usually you would use CGI for things that you can't do in real life, but this yeah. is a dog. That's a real thing. You like, can just get a dog. Uh-huh. It's just, I don't know. This is just so weird. Like, if it was an adaption of that novel with, like, a a real dog i don't know i feel that would be more impactful than seeing a dog that's not real endure these things 
And Harrison Ford just looks mostly uninterested in this movie. Hey, he does. Well, he's not talking to a dog. He's talking to just like a probably a, a eyeline marker or something. Yeah. I wonder why he agreed to do this. Mm, to make it, money? I don't know. Maybe he really liked Call of the Wild. I feel like it's a very... It, it's probably this thing of like, oh, Call of the Wild? I, I love that. And then they're like, here's how, here's how we're going to do it. And he's like... There's not a real dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, Harrison. It's 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 the future. Well, what else is going to be animated? Well, the, the, everything else will be real life except the dog. <laughs> well, okay. Although I I don't know. Maybe I don't know if you noticed, Travis, but like I mentioned earlier, when I watched the beginning of the trailer, when they're like coming up that hill and there's all that snow. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the village looks super fake. Like, I feel like the scale is not. Oh, that's not quite... a village. It's not a village? Well, it, it's just some tents and a bunch of boxes. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like the scale just doesn't look. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's like it's like on a shelf instead of on a big hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I don't I don't know why that's. That's the case. Like, the trees don't look. Like trees. They look too small or something. And the hill is weird. Oh, well. I don't know. So you're not going to go see Call of the Wild? No, I'm not going to go see Call of the Wild. I'm going to go see another weird CGI film, Cats. No, no. Uh, Okay, not this again. (laughs) Uh, What are... Will, what else are you watching so that we don't have to talk about Cats? Oh, yeah, okay. Um... I, uh, some friends had recommended it to me, but I started watching an anime called oh, yeah. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I wasn't too hooked. I haven't watched a new anime in a very long time, and I have not been as um, enthralled by something like this since like Dragon Ball when I was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something about like just just the sheer absurdity and the designs that I don't find insufferable. I don't know. I'm I'm loving it so far. It's uh yeah it's it's neat that's that's all I have to say about it right now I, I just started what's uh, what's the plot of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure so in case I want to watch um, it it's kind of like so JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is broken up into multiple acts and each each act follows a different member of the Joestar family okay um it starts with uh I think Jonathan Joestar which I I don't know I guess the um, the Japanese author of this was like, what's an English regal sounding name? And he came up with jo- Jonathan Joestar. Well, that's good. And the, they're all like ripped, jacked dudes. Um, and, and I don't know, they're just uh, he's raised alongside like this adoptive brother and the adoptive brother becomes like a very evil man. And he has to stop his very evil brother. And then that ends. And then the next act is a descendant of Jonathan Joestar. Uh, Joseph Joestar, and they all have the nickname Jojo. Oh, everyone's named Jojo? Everybody has the nickname Jojo, but it's like <laughs> okay. Jonathan Joestar, Joseph Joestar. Um, and then the next one's about, I guess, his grandson, um, Joseph Joestar, and he has to fight. He has to gather his like group of, I don't know, other jacked, oiled-up dudes um, to go defeat like these Aztec ancient Aztec-ish bodybuilding sex gods known as the Pillar Men who have been awoken by the Nazis. It's it's weird, and it's like, it's something that, like, it's very clear, like, don't take this seriously. (laughs) Like, you can't. And then the next one, the next act, I guess Act 3, we pick up again with Joseph, but he's a lot older. It takes place in the 80s. And he's, it starts, he's going to go to Japan to meet, like, to see his daughter again, who has married a Japanese guy. And he seems to be, like, he's super, like, he hates Japan because he's, like, he's, like, a white American dude. But then later it comes, it turns out that, like, his his grandson is Japanese and his grandson also has cool powers. And then later on it finds, it comes out that he had an affair with a Japanese woman. So maybe he doesn't hate Japan. He's just doing whatever he can to cover this up. (laughs) And it's like, what is going? What is this dumb family like dynamic? But it's this just sounds so, like a Wes Anderson film. It does. Hey, fair enough. And um, as the designs go on, I mean, as the series goes on, the the designs get like stranger and stranger for costumes until the point where it's just like, if this came out in, in the in the United States in the '90s, people would have made fun of it for being like, haha, gay. 
but now it's just like oh hell yeah what's cooler than a bunch of greased up oiled men fighting evil <laughs> psychic vampires that's great i don't know it's crazy but i i really like it very cool i know lots of people who've also really really enjoyed jojo's bizarre adventure yeah, i've never had, actually watched I, it but i had friends who really really liked it and try to get me to watch it but i was just like i don't I don't think this is for me, but I was wrong. I'm a born-again JoJo fan. <laughs> oh, no, not this again. No, sorry, Christ. I'm born-again JoJo fan now. <laughs> well, now that it has uh, an uh, us, uh, what was I? I almost said scathing. No, now that it has a glowing endorsement, <laughs> uh, I might watch it. That's fun. Rebecca, you're upset and confused. That No, I read this wrong. Nope. Rebecca. <laughs> You wanted to talk about Ninja is upset. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca, why are you upset? Tell us. I'm not upset. <laughs> no, um, I, I just, just like skimmed over a word and I read <laughs> Rebecca is upset. I mean, I am generally upset about many things, but yeah. not in this case. I As think it's are. amusing. Um, uh-huh. I guess a couple of days ago, I'm not sure when exactly, because the timestamp is only 18 hours ago and it's definitely older than that. I think this was over the weekend. I think this was on Sunday. On Sunday, probably when people were doing football stuff, which is generally yeah. on the weekends. Um, Ninja tweeted, quote, I'll never understand how college and NFL football teams allow kickers that just dot, 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 dot miss da, 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 kicks i feel there has to be a pool of kickers in the usa that in the usa i said that weird that won't miss simple kicks or snappers that won't miss the snaps idk man it seems so silly with love opinions on this and <laughs> i just think that it's so funny that this like fortnite kid is <laughs> confused as to like why uh-huh. <laughs> like People are not perfect at their, like, professional football jobs. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just just think that that is deeply amusing. Um, and, like, in, the, in some of the replies, people were just like, oh, why does... Well, someone someone memed on it. Someone rewrote it as, as Fortnite like a players. Pro, yeah, I'll never pro, understand how pro Fortnite players just miss shots. There has uh-huh. to be pools of pro players who can just click on their heads and hit every shot with 100% accuracy. And he was, he like, he, he wasn't a good sport about it, though. No, yeah, he was like, this is the shittiest reply ever. And Horrible he, he analogy, did, he tried kind to defend, of embarrassing. He tried to defend Fortnite as uh-huh. like Fortnite requires movement, <laughs> editing, building, rotating, and hitting shots. Well, do you understand what football requires though? <laughs> like, how do you even kick a football like that far? You know, like, like all that's like the, the point physical. Here is they're they're both things with very high demanding requirements. Is that you can't just like be that blind to one of them and think that your thing is. Is like the way harder. Right, yeah. I don't get how marathon runners can like run slower than other people. All you have to do is run. Like that's I don't know. You just have to run. There's some there are pools of runners in the United States. States. There are pools of people who can run. Or like basketball players who miss like free throws. Hey, man, I don't understand why some chefs just make bad food. There has to be, like, a pool of master chefs <laughs> somewhere. That you can just cook. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so those are my thoughts and prayers. This is good. I mean, Ninja's always been, like, a complete dweeb in the worst possible way. <laughs> yes, definitely. Like, he's not, he's not funny. He's just, he's just an idiot. He's just, like, a genuine idiot. And your thoughts and prayers, Travis? My, oh, what are my thoughts and prayers? Uh, I love punching priests in Dark Souls. Will and I were playing Dark Souls 3, and I realized that I really love I, I really love killing the like the priests and the clergymen and the deacons, like these zombied out church figures. I just find it really satisfying. I don't know why. It reminds me of Resident Evil 4, which is probably my first experience uh, shooting zombie priests. Is this like a um, weird flex on Will's born again? <laughs> it's not. It had, didn't have anything to do with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> It'd be a very poor flex if it was. <laughs> but there's nothing like smacking a Dark Souls priest and seeing them and their huge billowing robes fall onto the floor. I like I like to stab these people. This is very fun. I like to stab the the weird priests. 
Oh, geez. Like, oh, <laughs> that's Lord. really Uh-oh. ominous. That's now we're threatening some sectarian religious violence here. Ooh. Oh, man. Uh-oh. Oh, I, I love to punch priests. <laughs> I love to deck deacons. <laughs> and, okay. What else oh, yeah. can I say? Punt uh, popes. Yeah, I like punt, punt, punt punting popes. I really like that. I love to slap secular men. There's a Cruel. boss in Dark Souls 3 that's called Deacons of the Deep, and it's just like a it's... couple dozen deacons, <laughs> yeah. and they just run around and like they do magic at you. And I had this spell called Boulder or something, and I could just throw a boulder at them and like crowd control them, so all these deacons would just go flying. And I was like, yes, I love this game. This is my favorite Dark Souls game now. I love to hit all the deacons. Those are my last minute thoughts and prayers. I, I hope I we begin this with, I'm a born again Christian, I love God, and we end it with, I love punching priests. <laughs> it's a good, that's a it's good a, we've way come to full wrap circle. things up. Yeah. And along the way, we talked about gross CG dogs, fishing yeah. in Stardew, uh-huh. uh, Dio. Oh, also one of the bad guys in uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure who keeps reoccurring is named Dio. Oh, that's weird. Oh, that's funny. This this is this this whole episode of the podcast is just a big loop. We're I like trapped. it. Do you remember before we started recording when I was telling you guys about a trailer for a Netflix film called Messiah? Or we we realized it was a TV series. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. season one of Messiah. Ooh. Where it's like it's it's like the it's like the CIA operating room scenes of the Bourne series, but it's all about trying to find this guy who might be the second coming of Christ, and it just plays out in a really goofy fashion for a concept that I think could be done in a very interesting way. Like, what is it in in the what is the Bi- what is the lore of the Bible where like so Jesus is supposed to return or something? Uh, is he, what's he I, gonna do? I, I think. Christ will return and I think that'll that that's like a part or near the end of the end times. Oh, okay. And Jesus will return and he's like, "Okay, what the fuck is going on here?" I think that's how that goes. I, don't I know. have no idea. I'm sorry. I'm not up to date on my Japanese on my uh <laughs> Japanese Bible lore. But anyway, I guess the the concept of Messiah is this guy shows up uh, in physical appearance he I guess is supposed to look similar to Jesus, but he is going around the world and is he white? Doing... No, no. In the no. show, no, no. Wait, what okay. was your first question in reference to? I mean, I don't when know. You re- when you say, is he white? No. In the show, wait. I, I just wanted to clarify because I don't know. I feel like in all of the depictions that I've ever seen of Jesus in my like little kid Bible when I was growing up, Jesus was, Jesus was always white. And so, I don't know, I just was like, what is Jesus supposed to look like? Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm sorry for def- to getting us off track. Continue, no, please, but Travis. Like, I, guess, I guess he just goes around the world and it like saves people and stuff in things that people have been attributing to like miracles and he gains this sort of big cult following and it's like really worrying. I don't know what organization um, uh, this, uh, what is this actress's name? I've, I'm blanking. Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what organization she's supposed to be a part of. Maybe the CIA or something. Some government agency is very worried about mm-hmm. this christ-like figure um but yeah it's another one of those netflix shows that i can't uh i I can't expect to be any good but why do you say that well you know (laughs) just the way things have always played out on netflix but um i do think the concept is very interesting and i've always been interested in like i've always been interested in biblical stuff i find it very fascinating it is i mean all this stuff is like super fascinating like any sort of like religious tale is like oh it's such what a great concept but you know religious themed like shows or movies don't exactly have a winning track record uh what what is that What's the matter? You never, you don't like the movie God is, isn't, I can't even remember what the fuck the name of that movie is. God's Not Dead? Yeah, that. Uh, nope. I've never Hmm. seen it. Okay, so, hmm, this this would be a weird ass (laughs) off topic rant, but like, (laughs) like when you think of like, oh, it's a Christian movie, I think we all, at least I do, we think of like really shitty movies Uh and it's just like. But I've seen like the animated movie Prince of Egypt, and that's very yeah, clearly that's like a, so a religious story. But that's a good movie, 
And I was thinking about that, and it's like, I guess, like, there are, you know, religious films that are good, but most of the time when you see, like, a Christian movie or, like, a Muslim movie or, like, a religious movie, it's usually, like, a sermon first and then a movie second, whereas Prince of Egypt is just, like, a beautiful work of art that just so happens to be telling this one story, whereas, like, really low-budget, like, God's not dead and God's not dead, too. It's, like... It's all about like Christians are the most oppressed beings on the planet and it's mm-hmm. like this sermon first and then the story make the storytelling and everything else is like not that important and it's like man you know you guys would have an easier time spreading your message if you just cared a little more about the craft I don't know yeah make better propaganda please no I'm serious <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, that reminds me. I found an interesting website the other day. I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. I think it's called the Christ Centered Gamer. Oh. And they do, um, they do like, they review games, um, but they, they do like a, like a regular game review score. And then they do like a morality score where they, they break down things like does it have occult themes does it have like sexual content and stuff and they highlight those things for you kind of like an imdb like parents guide sort of fashion but they don't let that affect their overall review of the game it's a very interesting website hmm that's which leads to like instances of i was scrolling through the comments and a lot of people were like what is the point of this website where you point out that it has sexual content hedonistic content but then you still give it a 90 what is even going on here (laughs) why how could you recommend this game are you even a christian oh no oh shit (sighs) shots fired here ultimate spider-man ps2 Ultimate Spider-Man is a free-roaming superhero simulator. No nudity, no sexual content. The male characters wear tight spandex underwear, but all the important things are covered up. There is no occult or supernatural in this game, though there are characters with special powers. Their origins are supposed to be scientific rather than mystical. Game requires rejecting authority figures or laws minus two points. Weird. Interesting. Yeah. And what's this website called? The Christ Centered? Uh, yeah, ChristCenteredGamer.com. So if it has a low morality score, that means it has a lot of bad things in it? Yeah, it has a lot of unchristian things in it. Unchristian things. <laughs> You know, you're either Christian or you're unchristian. Fair. I do think it is fascinating that they divide game score and morality score. Yeah. Like, there's, I'm looking at some of the reviews and it's like, they'll give a game a really good morality score, but then they're like, don't play this. <laughs> oh, really? It's yeah. Like, it's like, oh, that's, I, I respect, it's just interesting that like, you know, they're not tied to one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they'll, they'll review a game and go, this was a lot of fun to play. I really like it. You should play it. It's not that moral. <laughs> or like, this game is really fun to play and it's pretty moral. Or this game is terrible. Very moral, but you should just go do something else. Right. I looked up, I guess, like iOS games because I wanted to see if there was Mini Metro on it. I guess it's also uh, it's also on PC, right? Yeah. Here's a good one. Stardew Valley. Ooh. Where are the scores? Let's see. Game store? Game score, 90%. Um, and then there's some goofy breakdown, which I really hate this sort of review breakdown. Mm-hmm. Gameplay, 18 out of 20. Graphics, 8 out of 10. Like, who talks about things like this? Anyway, uh, morality score, 77%. Why did it Let's get see. a lower morality score? Um. Yeah, like, it's so wholesome. So, I'm trying to figure it out. So, the mor- on the morality score... Uh, is it lower means it's worse? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, lower is worse. Okay, yeah. so they do violence 7.5 out of 10. Language oh, because you 8 hit, out like, of 10. Because you, you kill slimes I and guess. things. Uh, sexual content 6 out of 10. Occult supernatural 7 out of 10. And then cultural moral ethical 10 out of 10. Why is Here's, it sexy? Here, because you give 
presence to to people you, you can have uh, gay relationships probably no, the fact that you can have gay relationships is maybe a factor wait but what about the ethics one what was the rating they gave that cultural mm. moral ethical 10 out of 10 hmm because yeah, it's so wholesome you're just fucking farming and yeah. you know actually i think i think uh let me retract that i think when i was when i was scouring this website the other day i looked for a game that i knew had uh, like gay content in it to see what they thought of it, and I don't think they docked at anything for that. Huh? Doesn't Especially... sound very Christ-like. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know Stardew Valley has like occult stuff, and I think maybe the six out of ten on sexual content is because you do have like fade to black sex scenes with certain characters if you romance okay. them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know. From, I'm, I know I'm looking you at that right one, now, Will. and it doesn't seem like they dock points for same sex. Yeah, I don't think so. Shouts out, Christ-centered gamer. Yeah, I feel like no. Like I ironically think this website is good and interesting. <laughs> it's like I have no reason to to be on it, like because I'm not concerned about yeah. my Christian values when I but, go but, and play but, a game. But, but this is another fascinating thing. It's like they're reviewing games, and then their morality thing is like a secondary part. The morality isn't dictating their game scores. Yeah, and it's oh, it's neat. Like it's like come to uh, our website if you want. If you want like real video game reviews, but you're also like concerned about Christian values and you want to know where these games stand on those. Um, they have. Okay, hang on. They they reviewed a port of Daggerfall, but they oh, okay. it, it has they gave it a game score of 100 and a morality score of four. Wow! But it has no breakdown for this, and it looks like it's like a placeholder or something. Oh, I was sorting lists by morality score, lowest to highest, and it seemed like some of them populated uh, incorrectly. Huh, like, there okay. were some that just were blank or zero, and that's not what it was when you actually clicked on the review. <sighs> but I wonder what they say about Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. Also, like this one, like Morrowind, I think... Yeah, these are so old. These reviews are old enough that the their, their rating system is different. That's why uh, I'm showing okay. up. Like, this one just says... Huh. Graphics A minus, gameplay A, sound A plus, offensive content D, which is far less informative than the more modern ones. Uh, their they their review for Kingdom Come Deliverance, the historical medieval game, they gave it a ninety game score, ten morality, which I think is interesting because that game has a lot of stuff to do with like schisms in the church and like disagreements over like teachings. Mm-hmm. And say, so, oh, that's cool that they were like, this game's great. If you're looking for a set morality, you're not going to find it here, but the game's great. They gave it violence, language, occult, and cultural ethical, all zero out of ten. Yikes. Wow. What What is the what is the cultural and ethical That is interesting, though, because I don't understand about. that breakdown. Um, Wait, maybe it's up at the top in their, like, ethics section. Like, I mean, what does it mean by cultural, moral, ethical, zero out of ten? Like, I don't know. It's interesting oh, that, like... I don't know. I'm guessing I the like category their... is, like, what message is this game trying to send, and does it align with Christian values? Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's, like, a statement of faith at the top. Yeah, yeah. And it reads like a weird prayer, so I couldn't really decipher it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, like, yeah, sort of like a, like a manifesto or, like, a mantra... It basically says we believe in various aspects of the Christian Bible. We believe in God, we believe in Jesus, we believe in the virgin birth, we believe in miracles. That's basically what the statement of faith says. Oh, oh! here's a great one. It's a game they do not recommend, but is 100% moral. Construction oh. Simulator 2015. <laughs> There's no sin here, but I guess the no only sin. sin would be playing. <laughs> uh uh has anyone been looking at by yeah okay they do have bylines they are like this okay because i imagine it's not one person running this whole website there are different yeah. reviewers on here i looked up spider-man and i remember it say i remember it had something funny that was like you're required to like do things that are illegal and you're you're required to 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 like not adhere to laws and i was like this this is goofy that's that's not a reason to dock points. <laughs> Is that all we have for this week? Yeah, I think that's all we have for this yeah. week. Cool. I'm all out of games to look up on Christ-centered gamer. <laughs> Actually, hang on. Here's what. Here's last thing. Here's one that's interesting. Interesting. Mass Effect 
Andromeda. Um, where is the sentence? Here it is. Uh, there is a small amount of discussion concerning God and his existence. The science officer on your ship expresses openly her belief in God. The player has the opportunity to use dialogue options to either agree with her, respectfully disagree, or mock her faith. As I said above, if the game is trying to be realistic, it makes sense for all the options to exist so a player can express themselves in their decisions here. I chose to take the agree route, but that choice only means something if I could just as easily have mocked the character for her belief. The discussion between the characters is intriguing given the way she reconciles her career as a scientist with her faith. What bugged me was, later on, an in-game event shakes everyone's understanding of the origin of life, but her faith is still strong. In explaining how that can be, she more or less states that faith is believing something even if it isn't really true. I think maybe whoever wrote that line was making an honest effort to be fair, but missed the mark in terms of explaining what faith really is. That sounds... okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't actually remember this part of the game because I guess it's like a side <laughs> character or something, but it is interesting that there's like there's a specific character who they literally believe in God in this universe and and, and I like liked, they're the um, only instance of this. I, I think in that they said like you can agree with this person, but yeah. that choice would mean nothing if you didn't have the ability, to disagree. The ability to disagree. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's cool, yeah, because it's like a game if you played it like a guy who just loves Christ. It's like, yeah, whatever. But if it's a game with choice, it's like, okay, you've made that choice. It's up to yeah. you. You could also not make it. Anyway, yeah, a lot of good, a lot of, a lot of Christian morals to think about. What did you find something? Uh hey, hold on, I gotta okay. check this. Okay. We'll, we'll hold Crusader Kings 2. Here we, oh, go. we go. Game score 82. Morality score 88. And I think a what? lot of this... I think a lot of it, though, is because of choice. Oh, okay. Because, like, you can you you can be, like, a hedonistic evil person. So when they give a game a low, low morality score, is that because you're, you're required to do... I think so. Interesting. Okay. Huh. Because you can do some, like, very blasphemous and heinous stuff in Crusader Kings 2. Yeah, you can, but like, the, kill your family but, but, members. But then they also did... You they can, gave you can literally practice Satanism. <laughs> you can, like... I don't know. Father bastards on your courtiers, you yeah. know? What were you saying, Will? Oh, I'm just reading more over oh, this. Okay. I'm just... I'm just fascinated by this because they also gave Construction Simulator 2015 a 100% morality, but a terrible game score. But <laughs> I guess there's there's no choices relating to morality in that. You just build. So it's very family friendly. I suppose, but not necessarily entertaining. Is that it on Crusader Kings? Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, all of our episodes, as always, are on the internet hitpointpals.com you can follow us on twitter at hitpointpals uh rebecca's here will's here i'm here that's gonna do it for us we'll see you all on another episode bye goodbye A confession. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm not actually a born again Christian. Oh my what? God. <laughs> Why are you lying to us? You son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't believe this. I, I, I had. I couldn't live a lie. Stop. I get a zero me. morality score. All right. That is all. All my my confession is recorded. I will export. Okay. <sighs> I'm glad your confession is recorded so that we can put something in the... You can blackmail me and say, oh yeah, no. your reputation in the born-again community will be done for if you ever cross me. I was just going to say so that we can have, we can have a good post-credits reveal. Oh, hell yeah.